You are listening to the sermon podcast for Triumph Lutheran Brethren Church. Our vision is to see the life and message of Jesus transform hearts, homes, and cities. Wherever you are, our prayer is that God would meet you and that the life and message of Jesus would transform your life. To find more resources, go to triumphlbc.org. This is certainly a busy time of the year, isn't it? I don't know about you, but every year I have hopes and aspirations to to slow down during the season and really kind of soak it all in to, to be able to enjoy all that Christmas has to offer. And yet... Every year, it seems to go by faster and faster. Seems like it was only yesterday, and it was October. And here we are, all of a sudden, at Christmas once again. I mean, you think about between the hustle and between the gifts and between the baking and the cookies and the parties and the programs, and then you throw all the normal, everyday life stuff that still happens during this season, and these days just fly by. And it's also a very distracted season, right? There's so much that is vying for our attention to pull our eyes and our minds and our ears in every direction possible. I mean, that same list of busyness is still there vying for our attention. And then we have the snow that we've gotten and all that comes with that. We've had the lights. We have music. Again, we have more snow. We have the marketing ads. And did I mention snow shoveling and snow blowing? There is so much to distract us during this season. But this Christmas, this Christmas... I would like to extend an invitation to you. Over these next few minutes that we have together, I want to ask that we let the busyness come to a rest and let the distractions fade away and we hear the invitation. The invitation is simply this. Come, come and see what your God has done. You know, some 30 years after the baby in the manger that we read about at the Christmas story from Luke's gospel, Jesus reappears on the scene again after having, after growing as, as uh, the, the scriptures tell us in wisdom and in stature and he grew in his favor with both God and man. He, he grew up and 30 years after that manger scene, Jesus again takes center stage. And the gospel of Mark gives us one of the accounts uh, of the reappearance of Jesus. If you've been with us during the course of this year here at Triumph, we've been going through the gospel of Mark and we're uh, not quite halfway done and we're going through uh, every chapter looking at the story of Jesus the King. But the story begins all the way back in Mark chapter one in verse one. And it begins not with Jesus but with John, John the Baptist. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to read for us today from Mark chapter 1, and we're going to be, I'm just going to read the first eight verses for us as Mark's gospel begins. Beginning at verse 1, In the beginning, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, 
as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, behold, I send my messenger before your face who will prepare the way, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. John appeared baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and wore a leather belt around his waist and ate locusts and honey. And he preached saying, after me comes he who is mightier than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize with the Holy Spirit. You know, as we look at John's account, there's a couple things that uh, I notice as Jesus again takes that center stage, reappearing after the years of silence after his birth. And the first thing that I notice and I look at is look at the people who are coming, to to look at who they are and why it is that they're coming. Who are these people? John doesn't tell us much uh, about them, excuse me, Mark doesn't tell us much about them as they came to see John, but we do know that they came from all over the countryside of Judea and all from the city of Jerusalem. Now, it certainly didn't mean that absolutely everybody who lived in Judea and absolutely everybody who lived in Jerusalem came to be baptized by John. However, it does paint a picture of droves of people, so many people coming to see John. These are people who have everyday lives. They've got their jobs. They've got their families. But for whatever reason, they decide to leave all of that behind and work their way out into the desert, into the wilderness, to see, to listen, and to be baptized by John. Why would they do this? I mean, I don't know what everyday life felt like for them. I know what everyday life felt, feels like for me. And the idea of stopping one day and making a trip out just because I want to hear somebody and just because I want to be involved. I'm busy. I got stuff to do. Why would they do this? Well, Mark gives us the answer to this as well. They came because they were repenting of their sins. They have come to see John to repent See, something happened to these people who are living their everyday busy lives. God had pricked them in the soul. God had pricked them into the soul and they began to realize that not everything was okay. Right, when they started looking at uh, their choices and their decisions in their life, not everything is okay. They look at the experiences of life with others and they say not everything is okay. They look at goals, ambitions, desires, drives for their life and they say not everything is okay. And the problem with their lives was them. They recognized that. God had pricked them in their soul. And so they came in droves out to be baptized. 
today's invitation this Christmas is to come and see what God has done. To come and see what God has done. So what has God done for you? Well, God, in his goodness, if we pause long enough to hear, God will prick our souls. If we allow the busyness to go away and we allow our conversation and we allow our ears to be tuned to what God has to say and we look at who we are and we look at the life, we will see it's not okay. I mean, don't get me wrong, we look great. We are all dressed up. We have our wonderful dresses on. We have our family sitting next to us. We have the smiles on our faces. And yet deep down we know it's not okay. The choices and the decisions that we've made, the experiences that we have every day, our goals, ambitions, our drives, it's not okay. And the issue is you. The issue in my life is me. Come see what your God has done. He has pricked us in our souls. So, wow, pastor, thanks for the great Christmas message. So glad I showed up today, right? Like this is one of those days it's like I was, wasn't feeling great about my life, but I also wasn't feeling horrible about it, but I guess I am now. But it is a great Christmas message to think that God would prick us to our souls. Don't you see what your God has done? If you are on a collision course towards disaster, whether you're barreling towards that disaster or simply drifting there, if you need someone to step in and to let you know of this impending catastrophe, as God pricks the soul, he says you're not okay. You're not okay whether you feel you're okay or not. He says, you're not okay. You are in need of help. Come and see what your God has done. He has reminded you of your need for help. Come, see what your God has done. So returning again to Mark, our attention not only is focused on the ones who went out to John, but also on John himself, the one they went to. See, this is John the baptizer. This John was a bit of a wild man. He uh, dressed funny, he ate weird things, and he yelled a lot. This is what he was known for, but that's not what I want us to see today. What I want to notice today is his message. See, people were coming to John to solve the issues of their soul. They would say to themselves, if I can confess my sins, if I confess my issues, if I say the things that are wrong, call out the things that are not okay, then all will be okay in my life again. When you take the confession, you combine that with an action of baptism. They would be good to go. After all, confession is so good for the soul. But John's message was different. 
it wasn't about him and it wasn't about what he could provide or what he could offer for their struggles. This is what John said as the people came to him. Again, from verses seven and eight from Mark chapter one. After me comes one who is mightier than I, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. John had a powerful message. It was a message that said, I'm not the answer. I only point to the answer. So it was uh, November, Friday, November 25th. This is the day that marked in our household that I was officially okay listening to Christmas music. Now, that doesn't mean that Christmas music didn't show up before Friday, November 25th. It just did so against my will. But once November 25th had come, the day after Thanksgiving, bring on the Christmas music. And I know some of you have been listening to Christmas music since April 3rd, right? So you have no ability to relate with that. But you stop and think about all that you've listened to over these last few weeks. I'm sure many of us have tuned into the Christmas radio stations, had the Spotify playlist going. We've been listening to the Christmas music. You think about everything we've listened to over the last weeks. There have been plenty of songs about Santa and about presents and snow and getting home for the holidays. But if you stop to think about all the messages of Jesus that have been woven in over these last few weeks that you have heard, See, amongst all the songs about snow and Santa, we have songs like Away in a Manger. We have songs like Silent Night, Holy Night. Hark, the the angels, the herald angels, they sing. We have songs about joy to the world. We have songs about asking, Mary, did you know about this baby? So many more of these songs. These songs, as John did, shout above all the noise and above everything else that is there that the Christmas season isn't the answer. The answer to all that is wrong with us is is not found in simply being with those that you love, getting the gifts that you want, taking the, albeit possibly uh, very cold, sleigh rides. These are all wonderful things, but none of it will make us okay. We turn to those things to make us okay, to make us feel better about what we feel, this discontent that we feel. But even in this, these songs shout above the everyday noise and say there's something else. John looked at those that were coming to him and looked beyond them and said there is something bigger. There is someone bigger that is out there. If you've missed those messages over these last few weeks, if you have not noticed them because of the distraction and because of the busyness of the season, then let this be the message today. There is one who is above all that the world has to offer. There is one who comes 
that is above everything that we try to use to solve our non-okayness in our life. So come, see what your God has done. He has sent you a messenger to point you to the one who is greater. After Mark's description of the people who were pricked to the soul and came repenting, and after the description of of the messenger who comes to proclaim and to point to one who is greater, we read these incredible words in verse 9. As Jesus reappears, it says this, In those days, Jesus came. In those days of chaos, of sorrow, of guilt, and the days of uncertainty, in those days, Jesus came. And for these days, Jesus came. Do do you see what your God has done? In his goodness to you, he has pricked your soul, reminding you and saying to you that you are not okay and the path that you are on and any other path that you decide to make will lead to destruction and to disaster. God makes you aware. He awakens you. Do you see what your God has done? He's also sent you a messenger, one to tell you all, not only of what you are feeling is true, but where to go to find the answer. That there is one who is greater than all. Do you see what your God has done? Because in his goodness, Christ is born for you. So come, come to Jesus, all you who are weak, who are waiting, who are tired, who are broken, who are guilty, who are hiding. Come, for Christ is born for you. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for the gift of Jesus. We thank you for who he is. We thank you for your provision of him. For he is the one who takes our guilt, takes it away. He is the one who comes alongside us in our loneliness. He is the one who cares when no one else seems to. Jesus, thank you for coming. Thank you for coming for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, I'm Pastor Doug. I I just want to take a minute to say thank you for downloading or, or streaming this content today. We at Triumph pray that it will transform your heart and draw you closer to Jesus Christ. I have three quick thoughts that I just want to share with you, and it'll, it'll only take a minute. First, we'd love to connect with you. 
If you'd be willing, visit our website at triumphlbc.org connect and let us know how we can reach out to you. Or, or you can visit triumphlbc.org events to find an activity that you could jump into. Second, we hope that you see this content as supplementary in your walk with Jesus. Our, our digital content isn't really designed to be a replacement for belonging and engaging with a gospel community, whether that's here at Triumph or another church. And third, we invest a lot into producing this content, and it's used to bless people like you and others all over our community. If this or really any of our other resources that you find online have been a blessing to you, would you consider giving? It's because of your generosity that we're able to continue creating and serving online. Thanks again, and may the Lord bless you.